With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Larry, you going in, into this game, I mean, I, I know that uh, things have changed, you know, in, in the past and that, you know, it, the, the rivalry's changed a little bit. But what are you telling your uh, team, uh, especially for those who don't know about the rivalry, that, that maybe they should know? Or are you leaving that up to your, to your team to, to do that? Well, I, you know what, based on, uh, based on our practice today, Trevor coming in and gearing up, our guys are focused. I, I think they understand it. Uh, you know, we've got three new guys and, um, and they're bright guys and understand a rivalry and a big game and an in-state game. And, um, you know, also as much as anything, just us trying to become a better basketball team. So they came in today and, and uh, we had a great focus, and I think we've got an initial game plan and got to, you know, fine-tune a few things in the next couple of days before Saturday's game. But, I, you know, I don't think I need to make, uh, make try to make too much out of it. I, I really think we've got a, a mature group that understands the, the complexities of it and what it's going to take. And, you know, I, um, Coach Connor's doing a nice job with our, our prep. That's, that's part of it, you know, understanding what they like to do on both sides of the ball and, and us just being dialed in and, and ready to go from a mental and, and a physical point of view. Hey, Larry, how are you? Doing good, Josh. Yep. Um, with all the scheduling stuff and the fluidity, uh, this, this Utah-BYU game stayed on the original date. Um, how much discussion was there maybe about moving the game or, or postponing it a year? You know, how, how much talk, you know, of that was there, if any? Yeah, no, we didn't have any. Um, you know, it's it's been one of the games that from a from a geography point of view and not having to deal with the different states politics and, you know, health board uh, not involving an airplane. It's kind of what I said early on. Uh, involvement with scheduling as I thought things were going to become a little bit more geographical. And this one obviously makes a lot of sense to, you know, unless something crazy happens with some testing numbers, it, it becomes uh, realistic to pull it off. You know, you get into to airfares and, and different states, then maybe there's, you know, you have to look at uh, having some backup plans, but this one's been penciled in from the get-go and we've really had no dialogue whatsoever as, as far as not playing the game. Just to follow that up, you mentioned testing and things of that nature. Um, Utah State is now in a in a COVID pause. Uh, they played BYU. Ha- has there been any talk around your facility to, today about, you know, the contact tracing? Is there any concern about that going into Saturday? Well, I was not aware of uh, Utah State. Uh you know, and their issue, and uh, I'll trust that our medical department. I'll make sure that I alert them to that. And an awful lot of this uh, is contact tracing and figure out when and where people got it, and when you were likely the most contagious, and different things of that nature. Um, so that's you know that's news to me. 
Yeah, Larry, you took the high road this summer with the Caleb Lohner situation. Um, what kind of went into your thinking to give him the release of the NLI and, you know, and take the route that you did? Well, I, you know, I spent uh, months and months, you know, thinking Caleb was going to be a part of it. Uh, you know, recent phone calls within a week of his decision not to come back with the anticipation of coming to summer school and getting the process started. And I've never really thought that anybody was more excited about getting started with their college career. So it was, uh, you know, it was uh, definitely not easy to deal with. I was on a vacation in Montana with the phone call that he wasn't coming to school. And uh, I just want guys that want to be here, you know, and if he felt like for some reason that, at the last minute that there was a better place for him. I think that's the direction college basketball is going in. I think we're going to see transfers not have to sit. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to pick my battles and, uh, and, and know that, it, you know, I would much rather find out uh, a day before he was supposed to come to campus that he didn't want to be here than find out three months after. So, um, you know, I, I kind of take that mindset could have, uh, really tied up, set some things and dragged some things out. But, uh, you know, and we're in the middle of this COVID time. I think it kind of fits the mantra that you control the things you can control. And to me, that was one of those things that we can't control. Super surprising. And I wanted to focus my attention on the players that, uh, that you're going to see in a u uniform on Saturday and, uh, and move on. So that's kind of where my thinking was, Jay. You've gotten a good uh, boost out of your second unit, you know, with guys like Pella and, and stuff like that. What what has that meant to be able to have a consistent starting five, but then also to have that second unit that kind of really doesn't give you much of a drop off or in some respects, maybe even uh, against Idaho State kind of led the charge in terms of, of scoring those points? Yeah, we've got some we've got some players on the team, Josh, you know, um, uh, Pella gives us a nice boost in the backcourt. I think, uh, you know, Riley Batten has had a really good floor game the other night and, uh, provides, uh, some, some experience and some maturity. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think we've got a couple guys in every position and different games are going to call for different lineups and matchups. So forth, that's something as a coaching staff that we're going to have to you know, determine going in, but I know just from stepping away from our practice, we've got a couple teams out there that were battling really hard. And, and some of the guys that aren't getting an opportunity, I think, you know, the Ian's and the Lahats and your Jordans, uh, Jackson Brinchley, th those guys, those guys can play basketball. And uh, they came into practice today and very much wanted to prove that they thought they were deserving of some minutes. And I think that competition is going to be really good for us. I've also said this is one of those crazy years where, you know, along with injuries, you've got COVID. Um, and in a matter of no time, if you have a test or two, you go from maybe being in that supporting cast or even not playing that many minutes to being cast into some, some, uh, some critical minutes on the floor. So this is a season where we all need to stay on our toes, need to stay conditioned and keep pushing each other and making each other better and knowing that it's all about Utah and it's all about us getting some wins. And, you know, uh, I think it's also very important for guys to, to keep competing and to stay unified. And if you're not playing, um, you know, very, very much 
stay within the culture of our program. And I, I anticipate that's going to happen. So to me, it's it's healthy. But this, unfortunately, is that time of year where you've only got 200 minutes in a game uh, to divvy up amongst guys. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's a little bit shorter rotation, but things can change at any moment. So I, I'm proud of the guys. And I think we know that uh, if we if we don't uphold some of the non-negotiables of the defensive intensity and uh, certainly we have a long way to go rebounding, uh, you know, but we, um, we've got guys sitting on the bench that are going to be able to get an opportunity. Maybe in years past, we've been a little shorter in those rotations and allowed to play through some mistakes and some, uh, you know, taking some plays off. And I'd like to believe that's going to be a characteristic of a good team to have a, a deeper bench. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of where we are at this point. Larry, I've I've noticed throughout the uh, first two games, you've you've had a, a, a lineup with uh, Pella, Fonz, and Rylan. Is that I mean, is that one one of the benefits of having Pella being so tall as a guard, to where you could put him at, at the forward position and be able to have a I guess three guard lineup, if you will. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, that hasn't happened a lot that particular lineup, but. Uh, you know, short of some out of bounds plays and a few specials, uh, those parts are, are for the most part, pretty interchangeable one through three. And, and some of the, uh, you know, determining factor in that is whether or not you can guard, uh, you know, a bigger wing. And so I, I do think that gives us a little bit flexibility. It takes a little bit, you know, moving Pella to the one and freeing up Ryland a little bit. Um, having a little bit more size with the ball in his hands is, is important for our team. And, uh, that versatility with that lineup is, is, uh, it, it's not going to be uncommon. I think it, uh, be very common. And, you know, at some point, um, Timmy gets into that rotation, even as a four man. So, um, go, go small. And I, I mentioned it just a few minutes ago. I think, uh, you know, I'm not worried so much about the versatility and what we can do on the offensive end. We just aren't going to be able to accomplish our goals unless we do a far better job of finishing possessions with rebounding. And, uh, you know, this pill is physical. Uh, Fonz and Rye are small. But if we can rebound, um, regardless of the roster, I think that team can earn some time on the court. Larry, just given that BYU is going to allow some fans into the game on Saturday, you know, the place won't be empty. It's a big building. There will be some fans. What do you, what do you maybe uh, expect the atmosphere to be like Saturday? Well, I mean, you're, you're giving me information that I had no idea about it, uh, as far as fans being in. I knew there were going to be some family members allowed in, but um, – I didn't, uh, sorry, I didn't mean fans. I, I did mean family members. So there will be some cheering, some, some, some booing. There will be, there will, there will be something besides an empty arena. Yeah. And personally, I feel like, uh, that that's better for the game. You know, both, I think kids, uh, I'm not concerned about it myself. I don't think our coaches are concerned about it, but it's one of the reasons and one of the joys of playing college basketball is being able to play in front of some people. And, uh, you know, I'm pleased that our families are going to be able to come in and enjoy it. Obviously from a decibel point of view, you're not going to have that many people that is that disruptive, but, um, you know, to know that, that we've got a few more live bodies in there, I think is, is going to do nothing but enhance the environment. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a positive. 
Going off of Josh, just a little bit, uh, as you look at, at BYU, especially playing on Wednesday night against Boise, what, what have you seen from them, especially through the, you know, the first seven games of their season? No, I, I think it's, uh, you know, a, a tough nose uh, team. They do a nice job defensively. They've got a shot blocker. Uh, they've got a presence at the point of attack out front, you know, playing teams physical and, um, we anticipate that being the case. And then I think, you know, offensively, uh, you know, being head, the, the head of the snake is certainly Barcelo right now is leading the country and three point percentage is almost shooting better from three than he is the free throw line at 60 some percent. And he's playing, uh, you know, some really good basketball distributes, distributes it, defends it. And is a guy that can't get too many looks. And, you know, I think the big fella inside harms gives him a presence, uh, as a five man, a good shot blocker, a, you know, a high roll guy. Uh, and that, you know, they, they've had eight games, so they're, they're finding their niche and they're finding how it is, uh, to play. And I know they're, expecting some more consistency out of some of the, the supporting staff and those guys, you know, they're all, as I mentioned the other day on the radio show, I think that, you know, the is still kind of in the kitchen, mixing up the recipe and trying to figure out what the, uh, what the offensive identity is, but certainly know what, what it is they're trying to do. They've got size. They've got three big five men that, uh, you know, play a real physical style of game. And, and look, as always, to play a, an up-tempo type of game. So we've got to be ready, you know, initially for a transition, and we've got to be ready for a finish of a possession and a rebound and got to be dialed in everywhere in between. That's from a defensive point of view. And then we're still uh, still a work in progress here for what it is we're doing offensively.